a wild day at Melbourne Park yesterday. I reckon our next guests would have been up at 4am riding home Thanasi Kokonakis. Unfortunately, couldn't quite get the job done against Andy Murray. However, on the other hand, wonderful wins to Alex Demonor and a career-defining win, we hope, to Alexi Popperin ousting the eight-seed Taylor Fritz. I speak of the great Mark Woodfoot. He's on the line right now. Morning, Woody. Good morning, but now I feel really bad because I, I didn't see the result of Kokonakis <laughs> and Murray. So we, we can forgive I, you, you know, though. I, we can figure oh, that. Wow. You, you know, I I did see it when it went to, uh, into it, the start of the fifth, and it, and it just had that ominous sign <laughs> of uh, momentum, uh, you know, working against him. Murray looked like he was, uh, you, you know, just uh, hunting for Tanasi. So, uh, oh, gee, that's a that's an unfortunate result for uh, Tanasi. Yeah. There's some discussion well, we, we've brought up around that, that 4 a.m. finish, mate, and if it's in the player's interest, we, we talk a lot about player welfare, particularly when it comes to the heat in, in Melbourne. But what about Grand Slam matches finishing around 4 a.m.? It's not unprecedented, but what's your thoughts on that as a whole? Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a difficult one because, it, it, you know, the Grand Slams, given the, the physical battle, um, the, the wear and tear, um, you, you know, best of five set format, uh, it, it, it just drains you. Um, uh, and for, for Murray, you know, probably gave him the longest um, rest period between his first round victory, mm. which was another titanic battle uh, to, to, to get to, uh, you know, the starting line last night. So I, I understand from uh, the tournament organiser, uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, point of view, um, and, and look, I'm I'm involved with Davis Cup, and and I know that you know it happens, um, y- you know, in that format as well. We've had instances where matches have finished very late, um, and, and then you're concerned about the the fans, um, the players, mm. you know, they they want the fans to be around and and help them um, elevate their game and the support and, and yet, you know, who, who is going to stick around to watch a match at, at 4am? Um, I know a crowd shot last night of, uh, Murray Kokonakis and it was probably about, you know, 40% uh, full. And, um, it, it just is, it's one of those unfortunate instances with the matches that lead in beforehand. They're the ones that, uh, that those matches take so much time and, um, you, you know, you look, you can't pick the length of a match as it starts. Um, you just have to, to go with it, unfortunately. It, it went for um, five hours, 45 minutes, the sing, second longest ever Oz Open match. Can you wow. recall your longest match back in the day? Uh, yeah, I, geez, I thought I was pushing six hours a mm. number of times. Are you sure you got those stats right? Oh, <laughs> blame the producers. My longest match, I, 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 I believe I played a five-set match at uh, Roland Garros. And mm. I, I, look, it, it, it wouldn't have gone past four hours, um, but I know it was murder for me the next day. <laughs> yeah. I just could not move. It is uh, it, it is a tough road when uh, you, you play a match of that length. But from a player's perspective, it's part and parcel of it. And to be fair, it doesn't happen all the time. It only really happens, I guess, potentially four times a year during the majors, though, Mark. So is it you sort of accept yeah. that it comes with the territory? Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, you, you know, four times a year, as as you mentioned. And that's, you know, look, you a lot of players, they will... Um, 
you know, trained specifically, you know, with the idea of best of five sets in the back of their mind. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually, you, you know, after the first round that Murray played, I did see Ivan Lendl uh, in, in the, the player lounge and, you know, was just chatting to him about um, the the preparation that, that he took Andy through. And, and, and he said, you know, you've got to prepare for, you know, instances like, uh, you know, what he experienced against Berrettini, that, you know, you just don't know how your body and how, how a player can bounce back and play a second match. You know, Murray, uh, you know, with all of the, the injuries that he has gone through and, uh, you know, to get back onto the court, I, I mean, he, he must be in hospital. Have, have we spoken to him whilst he's lying in a ward somewhere? Because <laughs> his body has, has to be hurting big time. Oh, without question. You know, he's got that metal hip and we're all saying farewell only a number of years ago. And I think he might be a bit of a, a fan favourite, but it's been a, a really topsy-turvy tournament, hasn't it, Mark? Obviously, uh, Alcaraz withdrew, then we had Nick on the eve of the tournament. Uh, Rafa bowed out early due to injury. Novak now is looking like the man to beat. Kasparud goes down. Taylor Fritz goes down. Zverev goes down. Yeah. Um, you know, one of these following plays is going to make the semifinals. You know, Popper and Shelton, Wolf, Moe. Murray, Bautista, a good Paul, and Brooksby. Now, to sort of yeah. the casual tennis fan, they wouldn't have heard a number of these names, but in a sense, it's almost a, it feels like there's a changing of the guard, doesn't there? We know Rafa's getting on, Novak still elite, but not in his early twenties anymore. Rogers retired, and now we're sort of waiting on this next generation. But it's you know rather than and I'm only talking about the men's who've been dominated by you know one, two, three, or four players. It, it seems and this is great for tennis, that it's really blown wide open. Yep, yeah, it, it, it has. Um, I, I, I was smiling to myself last uh, yesterday when they were doing the on-court interview uh, with Alexi Popper and, and uh, um, I think it was Casey Delacroix doing the interview yeah. and said, so your next opponent is this young American, Ben Shelton. And I think it really surprised the heck out of um, uh, Alexi, who was in a frenzied uh, <laughs> uh, moment to write, write them with the, with the victory. But I almost felt like the crowd were going, uh, who? Yeah. Who is that guy? I mean, he, this is the first trip he's ever made outside of the U.S., um, first tournament overseas. Uh, so he has risen up the rankings so quickly. But he is one of a number that you, you mentioned, probably the um, the the – uh, a player there that you really have to watch out for who's got so much experience up his sleeve is Roberto Batista Agut. Mm. Uh, he, he even went through a five-set battle yesterday, um, barely uh, surviving his match. I, I would think um, he, he should have too much uh, in the tank, just you know, not nowhere near the fatigue level. He plays Andy Murray in the next round, I believe. So... Um, I would think that Batista is the the dangerous floater there, but still, it's not uh, the the same names of of the marquee. Like it's not a Roger and it's mm. not a Novak mm. uh, and a Rafa. So yeah, it is a bit of a change um, that that's happening right now. Uh, even Novak, um, uh, the two matches he's played so far, you know, th- this hamstring concern is you know has not gone away. He he. Um, went off yesterday and had it uh, retaped again. He he looked a little ginger at times. Uh, he he's trying to nurse it through, but ha- having experience with 
you know, uh, pulling your hamstring uh, for many moons ago when I was playing, it's not, it, it is really bothersome. And uh, the, the more that the pressure um, that you put on it, which he, it's the anchor legs through his service action, it, it's not getting any better. Um, and so uh, it, it's going to be a big match with Dimitrov for, for Djokovic in the next round. That's going to give us a, a real insight whether Novak could go all the way. But uh, you would still think at the moment he's the favourite. Uh, the demon's still going strong, but, you know, Popper and it, wonderful scenes. And you mentioned there his chat with Casey Delacqua and how emotional he was. And he said, it's only January. Already I've notched as many wins this year as I did for the entirety of, of 2022. So he's gone away, he's reassessed yep. things, he's worked hard in his game because uh, without question, he, he's got talent. He he, he does have talent. And um, I, I said on air last night uh, with, with uh, BP that, I have a, a feeling, and this is just, you know, from the outside, um, I, I've, I mean, I, I, I hear bits and pieces, um, you, you know, from within the, the, the tennis circles there that, you know, for, for Alexi, when he transitioned, you know, into full-time professional, I, I feel like that he thought it was going to be an easy ride. Um, he, he moved inside the top 100 quite quickly. Um, uh, there, were, there was a lot of focus on him. And, you know, look, when you're young, you, you do feel like you're Superman. Um, things are going to just happen for you. And I, my sense is that he didn't put his nose to the ground and continue working. Um, the, re- the reason that players reach the, the top 10 and ultimately number one is because they, they never rest that there is never a down day. There is always work to be uh, achieved. And I, I have a feeling that maybe Alexi didn't, you know, get on the court and, and work as hard as what he could have. Uh, and then, of course, it, it, it starts to build um, you, the, a whirlwind against you. you. You lose your confidence. You get uh, some, some injuries. Um, other players, the, the, the tennis merry-go-round, is, they're like vultures. If they see you down, the player, another player will step on you, and I and I feel like Alexi, you know, just was, you know, needed a, a real coaching change. He needed to rethink, reposition himself, find that reset button. But thankfully, he did, and I think that's a testament to his character that he persevered yeah. um, and has come out on the back end of it. And uh, I mean, it is remarkable already this year that he's won more matches than last year. Yes. So that tells you how yeah. bleak uh, 2022 was. Um, but, you, you know, now, he, he, you know, a great opportunity in this section to go through. Let's hope that he just keeps those blinkers on and takes it one match at a time. Yeah, fingers crossed. It, it pains me to say, but it's probably good for tennis globally that the Americans are starting to figure prominently once more. Just before we let you go, Mark, and I, I thank you for your time. Uh, we haven't talked about the women's Huantec. Still the one to beat, but goodness me, I mean, you say the men's is wide open, so is the women's. Pegula in action today. Collins, uh, finalist last year. Rabakina, the Wimbledon champion. You know, Coco Goff, this rising star. A lot of excitement as well, and, and particularly now off the back of the ousting of the second seed, Ons Jabeur. I, I, I was uh, wait, waiting for you to throw in, uh, you know, that uh, that result. She was my favourite yeah. Um uh, to, to go through and, and win the tournament at, at the beginning of the fortnight. And um, I, I was a bit surprised in her first match. She seemed to um, be, be really concerned about this knee. Um, she had her knee, uh, a lot of taping around it. I mean, generally, she is 
um, a, a light mover around the court and and like a magician on the court. It was it's always been um, exciting to watch her, but she really struggled in her first round. Um, it, you know, the gal that she lost to last night has been in a final of a Grand Slam previously, so she's no um, slouch on the tennis court. But yeah, it, yesterday was just it w- it was like um, the whole you know, every fan picked up um, Melbourne Park and just shook it violently because we lost, uh, you know, a number of seeds. And, of course, one of them was on Jabour late last night. And um, But Schwantek must be sitting there smiling. She held on for dear life. And, um, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's still the favourite. Yeah. Always a pleasure to chat, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, get some rest. Uh, Apologise to Thanasi for not staying up to 4am and do it on our behalf as well. But we have <laughs> Breakfast Radio. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Enjoy the tennis. We'll speak soon. Hey, well, we'll keep it between us. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't there watching the whole fifth set. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we'll forgive you. Thank you. There he is, uh, Mark Woodford, Australian tennis great, SEN tennis commentator. And he's all thanks to Kia. We love our great friends at Kia, a pinnacle of engineering, the Kia EV6 GT. It is the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Vossi and Brandy here. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 1170am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app.